If the Bible's got you tied in knots, if you're burdened with religious thoughts, come grab a drink and join the choir. It's Heretic Happy Hour. Hello, listeners. You know, in these trying and uncertain times, sometimes you just need to pour yourself a nice drink of something, sit down, put on your headphones, kick back, and listen to three numbskulls talk about stuff that they think they know what they're talking about. But, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it kills some time and it takes your mind off of the global pandemic that might kill us all. So, hi, I'm Keith, and welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, everyone around you is healthy and strong and safe and everything else. Um, so, hey, uh, welcome. I, I, I am uh, one of the three co-hosts of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We are knee-deep, actually almost near the end here, of a series we're doing called Let's Get Metaphysical. And uh, we have another awesome one for you today. And uh, I want to introduce uh, or have them introduce themselves, my friends Jamal and Matt. Say hi. Hi, friends. My name is Jamal Javanji. It is a pleasure to be back on the Heretic Happy Hour podcast with you all. I am the author of Living for a Living, which was com- which was actually the most uh, recent book that I've released. Uh, I am not like my other co-hosts who are who just man pump them out uh, every week or so. Um, <laughs> my, latest, my latest book came out. A year ago, uh, April, actually it was April 15th of 2019. So it's now available as Kindle for 99 cents, uh, paperback and also audible as an audio book as well. So great to be back. By the way, I just want to shout out. I know we're in a pandemic, but, uh, a little, a little reminder of normalcy is that sports is still going on. The NFL draft was last night. The Buckeyes became the number one school in history, in American history to have the school with the most number one. NFL draft picks with at least 82 mm-hmm. number one picks. So that's an accomplishment because uh, Michigan hasn't gotten hardly any of those. Oh my uh, God. So who the one. hell cares? Yeah. Wait, are, are you an, are you an Ohio state fan? I thought you were a Michigan fan. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. I thought you were a Michigan no, no, no. Shots fired. Good. Good. Oh, shout out. I'm counsel. Well, you know, at least there's some good in the world, right? That's yeah. good. That's good to know. And by the way, you know, for some people, I just want you to say, I want you to know this is my thing. I mean, quantity is job one. Yeah. I, well, I guess. Is that why you write so <laughs> That's many right. books? That's right. I got, I, it's, it's all about the quantity. All right. Well, I try to write quality. Uh, my name's Matt. Uh, and I, I don't know about Keith, but I try to pump out quality, even though I admitted the other day <laughs> that I, I hate one of my books. And uh, yes, you did say that. I don't hate the latest one, The Bonfire Sessions, which. I know it's been a little bit since it, since it came out, but I was really shocked to see it as a number one new release in theology. So if you haven't picked up the Bonfire Sessions, I can't even say it, uh, do so now. It's only 99 cents on Kindle. And I think it's going to stay that way just because I like y'all. Uh, but before we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get into it today, we, of course, have a word from our sponsor, which is Wild Foods and their website. If you are super stoked about high quality, uh, no artificial flavorings, a bunch of ingredients that are great for you, sourced from small batch types of foods, head over to wildfoods.co. I just got, I'm excited about, uh, I got some hemp protein from them. And and sometimes I don't like protein powder, but this one was really good. It tasted really good. I think it was like the vanilla chai. My daughter's been um, making like shakes for my wife and I, which is awesome. 
So, uh, and our listeners, bonus to all of their great stuff is our listeners get to use the promo code Happy Hour Twelve, Happy Hour One Two when you check out for twelve percent off. So go do that. Wild- Thank you. Thank you, children. Wildfoods.co. Yeah. Are you in like a daycare in your house? You know, like right now, what's going on? Yeah, well, that's my side. That, that's my side hustle right now because of this quarantine. So I got, I got people. No, I'm just kidding. There. Yes. No, I, I do. I do think it's, um, I do think it's important uh, again, not to, not to piggyback off the, well, I do want to piggyback off our, of our sponsor because it's important. Obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic, but one of the things I wish healthcare professionals would do in our country um, is that they would actually tell people um, a very a proven way that we can actually protect ourselves from viruses and sicknesses. And that is to boost the immune system because your immune system. Is, I know it's, it's controversial these days, but it's really like, uh, it's the only thing you really have that it's actually worked a hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the people that have survived the coronavirus have survived it because of their own immune system. Now they may have had some help along the way, but it's, if you don't have immune system, you don't live. So our healthcare professionals, one of the things I'm really disappointed with is that, and it's, it wouldn't, it doesn't take somebody with eight years of a medical degree to tell you very simple things to do to boost your immune system that will actually protect you from a virus. And uh, that is things like, you know, eating whole, uh, whole foods is eating, eating, uh, make sure you're taking your vitamins, make sure you're boosting, you know, things like vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, these are important things. So just, just, just a shout out, like I'm not a healthcare professional, but I, I have a health, I have a body and uh, I'm somebody who's invested in my own health and I'd encourage our listeners to do that too. And not just take the cues from the professionals. Yeah. And you know what, if you don't have an immune system, get one because it's awesome. <laughs> totally. Okay. Somebody, uh, somebody cut, cut to the chase here. Save us. Well, <laughs> one, of, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, and if you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, um, you may not know this. And so uh, we really want you to know that we have a hotline. So just some news for you, breaking news. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, we have a hotline. The number is 240-343-7379. Again, 240-343-7379. And you can call that anytime and you can suggest things. Um, I heard there was somebody disgruntled uh, that called or maybe texted the hotline and said, we never respond to texts or we never get so i i apologize we try to get to every every text or every voicemail but uh we always appreciate people who call in no matter if we get to you on the show or not we appreciate your your text your voicemail so please do that um and uh we we appreciate that so we actually do have a voicemail today that we'd like to play can we cue that up hi guys it's Susie calling from toronto canada i have a question for you um, I've been deconstructing and reconstructing for about five years intently, intensely, and um, I have a question for you about Joe Dispenza or teachers like him. Um, I recently started his program, one of his, uh, like an online program, and he, uh, I have multiple sclerosis and I've, I've gotten really serious about healing myself. And he seems like a really, really great place to to start and to go forward with. But um, there were a couple things that sort of were red flags for me. Um, he started talking about out-of-body experiences in his meditations and um, visits from entities that I'm not totally comfortable with. And I, I don't know for sure why I'm not totally comfortable with it, um, but I'm wondering if my... 
um, following his program is possibly opening me up to like some dark spiritual forces. I don't know if that's possible. And I really wanted to get your guys' opinion on that and what your thoughts are on Joe Dispenza in particular and uh, teachers like him. I know he's considered to be pretty new age, but I know that there's so many similarities between Christianity and new age anyway. Um, and as I'm deconstructing, I'm questioning everything. So if you guys can address this um, at some point, that would be fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Your your podcast is amazing and helping so many people, and it's been essential on my journey as well. Anyway, thank you so much, and uh, I hope to hear about this from your podcast um, soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Uh, that's a, uh, first of all, thank you for that. That was um, a very interesting and a very uh, good uh, call into the hotline. I, I don't personally know too much about Joe Dispenza. I think I've heard him maybe on Rogan's podcast once, but um, yeah, as far as the... Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. Where do you guys want to start with this? I, I don't know much about him. I, I I don't believe in like dark forces that are like gonna in the traditional way that Christians do. Although I think you can, you know, dark thoughts can lead to those sort of things. So, but without having, without really knowing personally what Dispense is all about, um, I can't really say. Yes. Yes. Well, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah, I'm, f- I'm definitely familiar with him. Really huge. I actually uh, totally recommend him. Um, hey! <laughs> totally. I think he's a he's a, he's somebody who, who I would consider to be qualified to uh, to speak about a lot of different subjects. But uh, he's you know well educated. He's done a lot of graduate work and postgraduate work in neurology, neuroscience, brain function, chemistry, cellular biology, memory formation, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he's done a lot of uh, a lot of great work in the world. There's been a lot of people who have, um, and one of the things he tries to help people do is to, again, um, do work in this thing, this area called neuroplasticity, which is really just changing uh, your thought patterns and uh, understanding. Um, I mean, a lot of work, a lot of quantum science kind of work, but just really how to get a hold of your life. And um, he, a lot of folks have uh, experienced lots of healing. Uh, just uh, physical healing, healings of different maladies and things like that. And I mean, again, we go on and on about things like that. But um, but a lot of his his and it's a great this is a great uh, voicemail for our topic today, which we'll get into. But um, he does talk a lot about just just changing the frequency in the way our um, our and and he does a lot of work around connection of thought patterns and how we think. And how we perceive self in 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 relation to our body. See, he was uh, I mean, he his he was uh, I think injured to the point where he was going to be paralyzed for life and was paralyzed. And um, you know, through his own discoveries and his own healthcare breakthroughs, and obviously he was completely his body was regenerated, totally healed. And then of course, a lot you know, tens of thousands of people have experienced a lot of breakthroughs just from implementing some of the the teachings that he. He, he offers. So I'm definitely a big fan of him, but to get to your caller, to get to the point of the caller, because there are some things that he, you know, again, he's, he's what we would consider a mystic or someone who's in the metaphysical world. So he does talk about meditation and he talks about, you know, in this, you can, you can talk to other beings, you know? So um, my thing with that is um, again, this may go beyond uh, maybe what you're used to or experienced, that's fine. I always tell people to, to check in with themselves. You know, like, I don't think you're, you don't, you don't have to be afraid of 
uh, demons out there. That's not some, a way that I like operate. But if something makes you uncomfortable, um, that's important. You know, that's okay. If it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to push yourself to go beyond something. I always, and I think I'm sure he would tell you this, that if there's something that he's maybe prescribing or telling you to do that doesn't, you're not really sure about, or you, or you don't have a sense of like trust, like that may, may not be legitimate, then it's probably not going to be healthy for you to engage in that mm. anyway. So that's, that's important. There's no judgment in that. It's just like, Hey, if that's not resonating with you, there's a reason for it. Maybe you need to do some more research. Maybe you're not convinced that some of the things he's sharing is based on sound reasoning or science. Then maybe you need to do more research. Um, maybe you aren't yet at a, at a place where this is something that would be a good fit for you. So if he's suggesting something that can keep, leave you a little bit afraid, then I wouldn't push it. You don't have to, you don't have anything to prove, you know, it doesn't mean you're religious or stuck in the past or anything like that. It just may mean this isn't for you right now. And I would, I would leave it at that. Um, unless maybe you can do some more research and come to a place where you feel comfortable with moving forward with some of the, some of the things that he's prescribing in his practices. So that's just what I would say about that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably sound advice for anything, huh? Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Thank you. Thanks, Jamal, for saying that too. Cause I, I, I mean, I don't know this guy at all, but I was even thinking though, when listening to her question, I thought, you know what? I, I hope, I mean, I, I think people should use caution no matter who they're listening to, including me. I mean, I don't want any, I would hate for anybody just to like say, well, Keith said it, it must be great. I'm just going to run in head first and trust everything without any questioning or thought. I mean, so absolutely, you listen to yourself. You know, if you're if you're uh, experiencing things or even being encouraged to experience things that you're thinking, ah, this isn't it's not working for me. I mean, this isn't a good thing for me. Um, then yeah, then you have of course absolutely exercise your own ability to say, yeah, I don't think so. And uh, so yeah, I think it's good. I would encourage anyone to listen to themselves, listen to their own inner voice and spirit about anybody and anything that they're in, engaged in. If it's something good and if it's helping you, then do it. It's all, you know, go for it. If it's, if it's something that's troubling you and bothering you and putting you in a negative space, then uh, yeah, you have a absolute permission to, to stop. Right. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And speaking, speaking of listening to people, we got, we got a next, uh, we got a heretic of the week, don't we? It's the heretic of the week. Hello, my name is Kevin Miguel Garcia, and I am a heretic. Hi, Hi Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> 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 it's so weird. I like it so much. <laughs> we all, we always like we always like to kick this shit off with a bang. So and there well, we are. Listen, you get if listen in these times, we need all the laughter we can get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no kidding. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Uh, so Kevin, what we like to do with our guests right off the bat is since you introduced yourself as a heretic, why would you say that? And why would people consider you such? Uh, why am I a heretic? Well, I believe in equal rights. So there's, that's one thing apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, How dare you? I believe, <laughs> uh, I believe that I should not have to, I believe that healthcare is a human right. That's one mm-hmm. another thing. Uh, I don't know if Jesus was like literally like the son of God TM in the way that I used to think about it. Like I think it's like a homoousius thing, but I also think that I'm homoousius and homosexual. So that's another reason. So I've just got a whole bunch of marks to get me. And I um I do butt stuff. So 
That is the first time anyone has answered that. And wow. I, love it. I think I think we should I want to talk more, but I think we should just end it with that. I think that'd be the most brilliant way to end. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone. I do, I do butt stuff, that's why. Peace out. Thanks everybody. Thanks for coming in. Uh, wow. wow. Hey man. Uh, uh, sounds those are, right up my life right there. Those are those are all amazing reasons that people might call you heretic, Kevin. And by the way, I just want you to know we love you. You're very welcome. You're you're amongst friends here, and not just me and Matt, but all of our listeners. Um, Thanks, friend. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So um, yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. You um, you you are as you have said, you're into butt stuff. You're you're a gay man who mm-hmm. also. Uh, at least loves Jesus, believes in Jesus, and in some sense, you're still working out exactly how. But um, so, what I found fascinating when, when I looked at your YouTube channel, which is awesome, by the way. Mm, thank you. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I, I'm honestly, I'm watching and I'm going, okay, I think I think you're cool. I think it's great. I love what you're doing. But but I'm frankly, my the first thing I wanted to ask you was just, okay, but you're like. So you're, this is true about you, and yet you seem to be like still like really involved with your Baptist church. And as a former Baptist, I want to ask how how is this possible? Yeah, so we're not like other Baptists; we're the cool Baptists. Okay, so, good. So here's here's the history of the Baptist ethos, just because I think that you know we have love short term memory here in America. So the Baptist, the the Baptist tradition, I swear I haven't been drinking. It's, I had a beer <laughs> earlier. It's fine. Um, the Baptist, I haven't been a drinking, but I've been drinking. But I haven't. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't, but I did have a beer. So uh, you can take that as you will. Um, so the Baptist tradition was born out of this ethos of the five fragile freedoms, which basically means uh, this is what Baptists believe at our core, is that A, Everyone has the ability to interpret scripture. B, local congregations have the ability to like make local decisions based on their own context. Uh, C, you, you know, nobody can tell you if you have a relationship with God. That is up to between the individual. Uh, three, just or four, like it's um, <clears throat> the autonomy of the local church. And the fifth one, religious freedom for everybody, everyone. That's how the Baptist tradition got started. It wasn't until the 70s, like 60s, 70s, and 80s towards like the, as um, the Republican Party kind of like co-opted the evangelical church, which by the way, was founded in a movement uh, that's where people were trying to justify slaveholding. Yes. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, take that as you will. Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. Because they, yeah. they, they, like, they don't like to think about that or remember that. Yes. Oh, we never they, we never like to think about those things. But so, so the Baptist tradition um, is basically largely saying, like, you know, is supposed to be, like, very independent and also freedom for everyone, period. The problem is, is that when power, power politics all started to get consolidated and the, at the Southern Baptist Convention started to consolidate power in Nashville, they said, hey, if you don't do believe these things and you can't sit with us in the Southern Baptist. And so from that, there was a split of the Alliance of Baptists and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, headquartered here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, is progressive in the way that they'll, you know, you can ordain women and whatnot. And it's cool if you're gay and you can do like gay weddings at your church if you want to, but they don't have a national stance on it. And they might not hire a queer person on their national level for certain jobs 
which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alliance of Baptists, on the other hand, which is what my church is, the Alliance of Baptists are the OGs of the movement. Uh, <laughs> Reverend William Barber uh, is a part of the Alliance of Baptists. Oh, and- yes. Oh, yes. There you so go. So it's just like, it's like everything you actually want out of a Baptist church, but like minus the racism and the sexism. <laughs> And uh, and the homophobia. Now, yep. granted, like you know, all churches have those problems, and like you know, we're all working it out. Blah blah blah. But historically, pro women, pro black, pro queer, pro environment, uh, pro gun legislation, pro um, uh, abortion rights. Like it's it's literally it's a dope it's a dope time. So <laughs> my church in particular, it's mostly queer people, and it's trans folks, and it's black folks, and like. It's doing the work. So, you know, and now honestly, if they were like a Sikh house or a Muslim house and I just happened to be a part of them, I'd still be there. Or even if they didn't have religion, I'd still be there because they just seek to be together and to be good to each other and to our city. Damn. You so, know, you almost made to be a Baptist again. Shit. <laughs> I know. Right. It's very, very strange. And then at the same time, it's just like, if, if we stopped going to this church, I'm just like, well, you know, it's it's most it's like I don't really care about the Baptist label per se because like again, like me and Jesus are tight, but like I don't know. You know, I believe Jesus is my teacher and this is my friend and is my brother, but also I think that you are my teacher and my friend and my brother. If you know what I'm saying, so it's I'm I'm very much a universalist and I'm very much a hippy dippy witchy woo woo woman now as well. So riddle me that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that's, that's where I'm at personally is that, I mean, put, put aside the, what we say about Jesus as Jesus as divinity and all that kind of stuff. I think that's fun to talk about. I'm just, yeah. How, how is, how does Jesus relate to me as a human being and how can I be that same way? If he's going to be like a model, how can I be that way with Keith? How can I be that way with you, Jamal, with everyone, you know, like how, how can I be a human being? Right. That's it. You got it. And I think that's what our church really concerns ourselves with. And so I like my little church and yeah. we're scrappy and fun. And, you know, before Corona hit, like our thing was Wednesday nights, we would all go sing karaoke together at the, at the beer growler. Like, and that to me is like, that's church right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And outside, I, I've never been in the Baptist world per se. I, I, I don't have a Baptist background, but all that you're telling me, it's kind of surprising because that's not what you hear normally of, of, of Baptists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so tell me and our listeners, how, how did you get to the place you were at now? Was it because, uh, you know, deep down these Baptist roots kind of lead you in that way and allow you to have your individual faith and um, they're not trying to tell you what to believe? Um, has it been led by experiences, uh, especially as uh, a non-straight person living in a predominantly straight church yeah uh, how did that go honestly it was pure accident that i ended up there <laughs> so i uh was going to one of those like hipster non-denom churches for a while who were just like oh we love you so much but also like gay people can't get married so <laughs> and also like you can't lead a bible study if you're gay and i'm like I've literally been doing this my whole life. And Joe Schmo over here became a Christian like two weeks ago. He's never actually read the Bible. Yeah. Like, why is he leading the Bible? He just really has like a powerful spirit of teaching. And he's not into butt stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's it. And that was the thing. It's because I'm into butt. They said, Kevin, it, it's been getting around that you're into butt stuff. We're not saying you're gay, but we just, you know. <laughs> No, but it was, it was a whole to do. So um, I took a break from church for a while. And then my friend uh, Miles invited me to come to his church at Park Ave. And I showed up and it was just, it was the first time in a long time that I just felt like I wasn't hiding. Mm-hmm. Like, and that for me, and like to hear like, when you spend your entire life hearing sermons about how you're such a shitty person and then like a gay person, a gay black man gets up in front of the church and talks about how he loved Jesus mm-hmm. and who is like your, like, it's just, it's the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing ever. And it changed my, it was like, you know, I don't care about the universal church surviving, but I do care about this group of people who decides to meet here on Sunday mornings and then also on mm-hmm. Wednesdays and then, you know, are also there for, you know, bat mitzvahs and, you know, practicing Shabbat together and also showing up for protests together mm-hmm. and also like singing carols at Christmas. It's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious too, Kevin. Um, I mean, I, I have some assumptions, but I, I'm just going to want you to kind of clarify some things. So uh, they say about making assumptions, it makes you y- a Democrat. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. It still hurts. It still hurts. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, I, I love what you're doing, like, like, again, on your YouTube channel, I think it's really awesome. And, and um, I, I can see that a lot of what you're doing is probably providing a whole lot of help for other, uh, as probably especially young people who uh, also love Jesus, but also happen to be gay or trans or queer or whatever. And I think that's awesome. And I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm curious, however, do you ever spend any time uh, trying to help straight Christians process how it's possible that someone like you exists. Mm. Yeah. I, so I have on my channel, there's actually a a bunch of my old videos. Uh, When I first started out, I was big on like I talking about uh, what I would call the biblical case for LGBTQ inclusion. Yeah. Um, And so that's what I was trained in with my organizing. That's what I taught. And that's what I still teach on sometimes. Uh, and for me, it's, it's, uh, there's sometimes that I, I work with, with straight, I mean, like cl- most of my clients are straight, if I'm being honest, like with my soul, with my coaching work, uh-huh. which is very funny to me that like, I did, I did not think I had like any sort of, uh, niche or like in with straight people, but you know, life's life comes at you fast, doesn't it? Yeah. But, uh, it's not that I don't spend time making space for straight people to process. It's that I'm simply, I think my calling is to build space for queer people to heal and stay alive because there's so many resources for straight folks out there uh, to start changing their minds. And there's books and there's books and there's, there's, you know, and I create my YouTube channel for people like as a resource for all kinds of humans. Um, because I think, you know, clarity can be found if you're seeking it. Like, you know, truth will be found wherever it is in whatever form it is. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I will say, like, if someone was coming against, like, coming against me like the devil. Um, but if someone was, like, being combative with me or is, like, sitting there saying, like, hey, I want you to justify yourself by the Bible. And I'm just like, 
this is a very uninteresting conversation to me because mm-hmm. there's so much more we could be talking about. There's so much more we should be talking about. Like, why do you care that I'm into butt stuff when people are dying? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's apparently an economy that's like in free fall. And you want to get mad at me over this thing right now when like your grandfather needs a fucking ventilator. Yeah. Like come at me, bro. Like <laughs> where, <laughs> like, where is your God? Yeah, exactly. It's like, why am I so threatening to you? That's my first question. It's just like, what about me threatens you? Well, that's a good Answer. question. Yeah. That is a, that is a good question to ask. I, I think, um, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I am a, like I said, a former Southern Baptist. I was a, ordained as a pastor and, um, but I went to my own. Yeah. Well, I'm not so proud of that. And then, um, but you know, I went to my own sort of deconstruction process spiritually and all that. And then, uh, I mean, it really has only been, I think now probably about maybe two and a half, three years ago. So for me, it's fairly recent that I had to process through what I thought about homosexuality and, one of the major, and again, one of the first hangups for me was the scriptural thing. And I'd read tons of books on this and um, was trying to wrap my brain around it and try to understand it again. And for some reason, the, the hangup was the spiritual thing. I mean, sorry, the, the scriptural thing. Um, but I got to say, one of the most amazing graces that I would say that God gave me during that time as I was trying to process this was um, he suddenly brought to my attention how many people that I already knew and I already loved, uh, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, were gay. And I just didn't know it. And once I realized that, it was like, oh my gosh, this the whole question of whether or not you could be gay and Christian went out the window. Because it was like, well, obviously, there it is. There it is. It's like, obviously, these people, I know they love Jesus. I have no doubt of that in my mind. And now they're telling me that all this time, I had no idea, but they were trans or they were gay. And and okay, wow, there you go. And then, yeah, then later on, the yeah, stuff came out. But, but what really convinced me was the, those relationships and those connections. Once you actually know someone who is gay and who is Christian, a lot of those kind of doubts and things kind of fade away. Yeah. And I think that really is such a, can be such a, a game changer for so many people is that relationship. Yeah. It's like, that's how, I mean, that's how we experience God. You know, and so, so in some ways, like, you know, queer people are the Christ to the, the rest of the church. Yeah. It's just like, hey, hello, would you like to visit me in jail? Mm-hmm. Hello, would you like, I'm hungry, I'm homeless, I don't have food, I'm dying of the, I'm dying of the AIDS epidemic. Would you like to help me? Jesus asked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things where it's just like, you know, like I, and what's so beautiful, I, I think it's like a tooth, it's a, it's both a beautiful thing to see like, oh my gosh, that this is so much bigger than I thought. And also how simple, how simple it is to simply love the one in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and learning to what, what helped me. And I grew up in a, in a fairly conservative background, not Baptist per se, but I, I always, had a problem with this idea that we were supposed to, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin, all these things we've heard. But then when I actually knew gay people, uh, one of my bosses was a lesbian, like teaching me how love is supposed to look, you have to sit there. If you're honest in your heart and in your mind, like fuck the scriptures for a second. Like, Literally, you know, like, it's like, for two like seconds, these people chill. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, these people are teaching me how to love. How dare I ever think that they're, I mean, they're doing the same things. They're going to the movies, they're getting in fights, they're going grocery shopping, they're raising children. Like, I literally do that. How can I, if I'm honest, say one is sinful and one is beautiful in the eyes of God simply because we're working with different parts? Like, yeah. I, it, it, it literally, like, we have to, have to, have to, have to ask ourselves those questions. Because yeah. those are the real questions. We could talk about Malakoy. We can talk about Arsenokotai. We can talk about Greek. We can talk about the Bible. Well, but come on. First and foremost, we have to ask the real human relational questions. Yeah. yeah. My, I had a, there was, I, I can't remember who said it, but it was just, I always tell people like, you are not allowed to have a personal policy unless it is com- directly tied to a person. So like mm. if you have a personal policy on what you think about homosexuality, do you know any homosexuals? Right. Are you friends with any of that community? If you have an opinion on trans people, have you ever had a conversation with a trans person mm-hmm. about the bathroom that they need to use? No. You know, if you it just it just goes on and on like it's same it, that'll go for anyone. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization like <laughs> Like grandpa, how does your how does your black friend feel when you say that? Right. Well, I don't have any with black friends. Well, of course you don't, Grandpa, <laughs> because you're a fucking racist. <laughs> but also, you don't know anyone there. So right. how the hell are you gonna say that? You know, like I offend people. I it's like when everyone also says just like all country people are stupid, or like they like, you know, shame people from the south. It's just like it's it's the it's just as bad. It's classism. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, people from the south like we are just like, oh, it just gets me so mad. It's like, yes, the South is the is the bed of a whole bunch of bullshit, for sure. And also, there is a system that is keeping it in place. What are we going to do to change it? That's the better question to be asking. Yeah. Exactly. Come on, yeah. somebody. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I can see you. You have no... I see you have no, you have no deep emotional uh, stake in this. Yeah, I mean, no, you're yeah, right. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, th- this is something too that I've noticed. Like, um, this is just a human pattern. Like, we do this. People, human, humanity does this with everything. We, anyone who doesn't think like me, behave like me. Anyone who's other than me, it's just too easy to say. You know, all blank people are this way, right? All homeless people are lazy, and they're and they're lie to you. Well, really. So if you're going to say that, like you just said, I- I'll ask people: How many homeless people do you know? I mean, you know their name. You know, you know where they were born. You know their story. You know how they ended up on the street. Like you know them, you know them. And how many of those people do you know? And like you said, well, none. Exactly. So you can't say because once you do actually know someone from that other group, you actually know someone who's a Muslim. All right. Now you you've been to their house, or they've been to your house. You've shared dinner. Their kids have played with your kids. Right. You have a connection and a relationship with this person because once you do that, you cannot say all blank people are are this way. Come on, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, do like, hello, everyone. We just we solved Christianity today. Thank you for coming <laughs> to our TED talk. Thank you. Yes, we did. That that is yeah because it, it's that connection, that relationship, and that recognizing that you really can't other someone if if as long well you can as long as you keep them in the sort of uh, them camp. If it's us and they are a them, then yeah, that's the only way you can do that. Because but once you kind of open the gates and let them in, or you step outside of your boundary and go outside your your comfort zone and get to know them, once you do that. 
then all that's out the window. And then, then it becomes obvious, like what Jesus is trying to get us to see, that there is no other, right? Like the, the thing he got in trouble for was when he, he told his people, he read, read the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue, and he says, the year of Jubilee is, yay, everyone's happy. And then he goes, well, by the way, this is also for the, the Syrians and the Gentiles and the Samaritans and the Romans. Oh, now we want to kill him. But, but he, they're like, no, we don't want that. <laughs> no, we can't, can't be for everybody. We can't all be uh, blessed by God. We can't all be the children of God. Lo and behold. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I'm, is so, it, I'm just as surprised as anybody. So, so what I'm hearing, Kevin, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you just don't know, uh, because our episode in, in this episode is about energy and frequency, what I hear you talking about is, is like a higher level of energy and, and bringing a higher frequency to the table. Some may th- suggest other ideas, but that's what, when, when we're not othering, when we're inclusive, that's to me is like operating on a different frequency. Uh, what right. is your kind of understanding of all that? Um, I think my understanding of energy and frequency is, is very much in the same line as what you're saying. Um, I think there's a million ways to talk about it. I don't think there is any one way sure. uh, to, you know, put God into a box because for some people working with a specific deity is a way of like bringing out that kind of, you know, bringing out that energy in your own person or wanting to manifest that kind of energy in your life and in your relationships. Um, and I think um, another way of putting it, if you're someone like me who likes it to be a little bit more, um, not only theoretical, but also very practical. I think about yeah. like mindsets, you know, just like what is like the mindset or what is the story or what is like, what's the thing that's running my, um, my subconscious right now? Cause Carl Jung would say that if, until you make the unconscious conscious, you mm. will be ruled by it and you will call it fate. And so mm-hmm. I think there is, when I'm thinking about, um, operating from you know a frequency of love operating from a space of seeing god in everything and in everyone in every moment when i can see and see myself from that perspective like i think that is like in a way it is kind of a vibration you know in my body it's a way of like you know am i i think of it like if my energy in my body is frantic if i feel frantic it's like energies feelings it's all kind of the same words but like if my frantic feelings in my body, if my frantic energy is just running around, what do I need to do with that? I need to ground myself. I need to sit my ass down and take a deep breath. You know, my limbic system is like, you know, kicked on. And so like from a, like a physiological standpoint, what I understand is happening is like my levels of cortisol have spiked. Um, my breathing has increased. I need to engage my vagus nerve and try to calm myself down. So I engage in a breathing practice, which has been shown to slow down your heart rate. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to hum. I'm going to, um, sometimes I sing personally because singing actually helps um, uh, release um, norepinephrine into the system. So it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I, I have my personal practices to bring me back to an energy of peace, a sense of being connected with, the divine with love with my self capital S self. And I think that when we, I'm connected with my most deep self, it's like I, the reason I'm connected with my most deep self is because I see other people. Like I can see God in other people. 
There you go. Yeah. 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 And, and so, um, so for some people, like, you know, like the, like, I'll, I'll say like, you know, I, I'm 100% on board with like the idea of energy work or the idea of, you know, doing things to, cause like all it is, it's like, I want to change how I'm feeling. I want to like invite a sense of feeling better into my life and into others' lives. And so if all, <clears throat> I always, um, I always say that the spiritual practices and language are only as good as they are helpful. And I think for a lot of people, like learning how to talk about our emotions and our feelings, our mindsets, um, as like, as ideas about energy, it makes a lot more sense. And it makes a, it makes it a lot easier for us to navigate things that we don't understand. It's like, you know, we've been given our entire life. We were saying, you know, don't feel your feelings. And then like, you know, we grow up and become adults and realize, Oh fuck, I'm supposed to feel my feelings. <laughs> and how do I do that? Right. And you know, Christian, you know, Christians don't have good language for it right now. So where do I turn next best thing? Oh my God, these new age assholes have it. Mm-hmm. They have a good idea about it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna borrow that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, the Buddha said that life is suffering. Oh my gosh. I'll take that too. Mm. I'm just like, if it's helpful, use it. Right. And if it's not helpful, yeah. don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because like the, at the end of the day, it's just like, it's not a box that we're putting God in or the box that we're putting ourselves in. It's just a tool like anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing to be afraid of. It's just words. Yeah. Why are people afraid of words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love what you were saying too. Thank you, by, by the way, for getting so uh, specific and personal about your exact uh, process for what you do when you need to kind of get put yourself in this better place. Um, one of the things that um, I've found that's been very helpful, and um, I've been helping some people go from deconstruction to reconstruction and, and walking them through um, sort of this rewiring of your brain, which there's a whole ton of amazing uh, research mm-hmm. on this whole idea of how we can actually do this. We can rewire our brains. And one of the major ways to do that is practicing gratitude and just looking for different oh, ways yeah. throughout your, just to, and it really does change the biochemical structure of your freaking brain to mm-hmm. just be, start being more appreciative, more thankful, looking for the good in things. And, and when you start doing that, it really changes your filter for, for the way you see the world and the way you receive the world. And you actually become, you have less stress, uh, you're, you're less at risk for heart disease, um, you know, all these kinds of things for mental illness and, and, and all these anxiety and these kind of things. Um, and that for me is one of the things that's been really helpful is to just learning how to practice gratitude. And again, it's one of those things where it seems so simple. It seems like, oh, come on, Keith, really? But no, yeah, no, because really. the, ego wants to, the ego wants to tell you that sounds so stupid. <laughs> You couldn't really, you're just going to sit there and you're just going to feel better. Like, mm-hmm. and guess what? The answer is yes. Yes. And then once you realize that it's a yes, the ego is like, oh, okay. And it's just like, he, she, she got nothing to say. Right. Well, because like, I'm just like, stop being like I, like, I have to like, stop being a jerk to yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, it's one of these things too, where once you experience it, right? So when you just hear that that narrative in the beginning, you might be like, oh, that that sounds a little too simplistic or a little too easy. But once you actually do it and you actually go through the process of sitting down 
and being thankful, writing down things you're thankful for, going through an entire day. And uh, like one of the things I tell people to do is like set your alarm every hour to go out, like a chime every hour. And every hour, just sit down and write one thing you're thankful for. It can be anything from coffee to indoor plumbing to birds or sunshine or music or whatever. But, it, but by doing that, by actually going through these kinds of exercises, by the end of the day, mm-hmm. you actually experience this change in your body and your mind physiologically that, oh my gosh, I have less stress and anxiety. I feel better. I'm more optimistic about my life. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it'd be, it's wild. I always, um, my thing is like five minutes a day can change your life. You know, cause like, I, it's like my practices around meditation to like, I start my day with, um, with, you know, with connecting with myself and like remembering what it is to be at peace. And so that is why we meditate. Like, that's the thing. It's like, people are like, I'm too anxious to meditate. It's like, no girl, you're not too anxious to meditate. You are anxious because you refuse uh-huh. to sit down for just even 30 seconds and breathe. Yep. Because your ego wants to tell you that if you stop, you're going to die. Yeah. And the thing is just like, yeah. you will die if you do not stop. That's right. That's the paradox. Yeah. So I always tell people just like, if you can take 60 seconds, that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But like, do something for yourself. It's like, why wouldn't you want to give yourself this gift? Because also the thing about it is, is like, what do you want? I want to feel more peaceful. I want to feel happier. I want to feel less stressed. I'm like, well, and I cannot tell you that the circumstances in your life are going to get any better, but I can say your response to the circumstances in your life can change. Absolutely. Ah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been so, so good. And I guarantee, I don't guarantee a lot of things, but I guarantee that our listeners are going to be digging this and, and digging what you are saying. So please tell them uh, what you're working on right now. Keith mentioned you have a YouTube channel and where people can get a hold of you to follow your, uh, your work. Yeah. So, um, like I said, uh, I'm a spiritual, I don't know if I had mentioned this, I'm a spiritual director and life coach. So, um, if you're somebody who is dealing with like trying to come out of the closet or deconstruction and reconstruction, or like your, your, your spirituality is exploding and you don't know what's going on. Uh, I help people figure out who they are, what they want and what to do next. Um, so if you feel stuck, give me a call. You can find me at thekevingarcia.com, across social media at thekevingarcia. You can pick up my first book called Bad Theology Kills, Undoing Toxic Theology and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority at badtheologykills.com. And I think... I love that title, by the way. That's a great title. title. Thanks. 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 I love it myself. (laughs) I I picked it myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. this is the thing about me is just like i am absolutely like i'm so glad that like i recently turned 30 and if i wasn't embarrassed about my life before like i'm certainly not embarrassed about it now which is just the greatest joy i just i crack myself up sometimes and i'm so glad i do (laughs) or it could be the fact that i've just been in my house by myself you know for a while and so i think i'm hilarious because i am my only friend right now (laughs) yeah we're, we're all losing our sanity yes. a little bit. Yes, so, we right? are. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Well, but hey, we're loving it. We're doing great. Yeah. Kevin. Yes, we are. Yeah. Kevin, thank you so much. This really has been a joy. Thank you for uh, just sharing a little bit of yourself and your experience with the rest of us here um, in the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. And we'd love to have you back in, uh, again sometime. 
Yeah, let's crack open a, a, some, some cold ones. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Thanks, oh, Kevin, that was sweet. Kevin, yeah, Kevin's hilarious. I was laughing a lot. <laughs> he's, a, he's a funny dude. Yeah, very, very cool guy. Uh, I love people that are just like really comfortable with who they are and really comfortable with you not <laughs> with you not really being into them or not. Like it's like fine, I can take it, take it or leave it. Uh, I'm not not that concerned about that. Uh, it's so great. And then just this whole attitude about everything is is awesome. Really, thank you so much, Kevin. Um, yeah. And anybody who wants to follow him on YouTube, he's got a great YouTube channel. Uh, really, really great stuff. And he's really he's really vibing on a whole new frequency, ain't he? Well, yes, he is. That man. You like that segue? You like that segue? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph didn't. Damn it. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. He he does. Uh. And we we talked a little bit about some of that. I think. Right. Did we talk a little bit about energy yeah. and and all that kind of stuff? And and that's what we're going to try and get into in this episode. That we are going through this metaphysical series, and we cannot engage in this topic of metaphysics without getting into things like. Uh, you know, having personal energy, um, sort of uh, having different vibes and frequencies, uh, even how that leads to uh, some of these concepts of inner healing uh, and those kinds of things. And so I, I don't know about Matt, but I can definitely say for myself, um, this is not something that I have really read a lot about or studied about or listened to anybody else really go on about very much. I've heard a little bit of it. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is Jamal, take it away. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I guess, uh, I, my question would be, um, I mean, we've all heard, we've all heard the, uh, you know, the, the lingo sometimes it's going around that's becoming more popular these days about upping frequency and changing your frequency. Um, but I guess a question would be, you know, that I would just throw out is like, what is that? Yeah, what is it? How do I change it? Is there a knob somewhere I can adjust it up or down? Or, uh, like, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been looking for the knob for uh, several years now. Oh boy, I, I think frequency. And correct me if I'm wrong here. And I wasn't able to be a part of that um, of that interview that we did. So, but uh, but I'm thankful for it. But I, I have not wasn't able to be a part of that. But I think um, what's fascinating about it is that. Again, you know, this is for folks who get into the, some of the science behind it. But everything, um, every everything that exists in the material universe, can be boiled down to um, actually light and sound. And so everything has a, a an oscillation or a certain frequency that it vibrates with. So that's what makes that's what that's why certain things are actually have physical and solid substance, is because it actually uh, has a certain frequency to it. And certain things that don't have a different frequency are not solid. You know, that's why some things are um, not able to be seen with it, with the uh, naked eye. So everything has a specific frequency. So there's, um, uh, there was a doctor actually by the name of Dr. Royal Rife, who lived in the earlier, earlier parts of the 20th century. So I'm thinking he might be around 1930s, 1940s. And uh, he uh, had some major discoveries that uh, in, in the area of medicine, where that um, he could use frequency, actual uh, sound waves to at a certain frequency could kill viruses and bacteria. Um, and uh, he, so he built an instrument successfully used it. I mean, did, did experiments on it, was able to demonstrate that it actually does work. 
Uh, and then it got controversial because he was shut. I mean, he was in, he was able to use it for a while and then they shut him down. Uh, the F uh, the, you know, again, I don't know if you're into conspiracy theories, but <laughs> there's a lot oh, yes. of yes, conspiracy. So, so there was, uh, yeah. very similar to, if anybody knows anything about Tesla, Nikolai Tesla. So very similar. Tesla was a scientist, late 1800s, early 1900s. Did I experiment really, uh, I would consider what is the father of, you know, uh, electricity, the discovery of electricity in that sense um, in this country. But a lot of his, a lot of the things that he was advocating for uh, went against some, uh, some folks who, who had commercial interest in the elect, you know, in the new, this new field of electricity. And so he kind of got shut down and discredited. The same thing happened to Dr. Royal Rife in my opinion. So he, a lot of his work got discredited. And uh, so, they, 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 you know, confiscated a lot of his work and, you know, but this, but he did a lot of work on frequencies, like the ability of frequencies to, to heal. Um, but uh, again, that's a whole other conversation because some of that, even though it was shut down here in, in the United States and largely in the West, it did not go away because of that, that a lot of that technology is available. It's, it's, it can be available. It's found in Europe. Now um, there's a lot of uh, healthcare professionals who use frequency in the aid of healing uh, just because, of uh, a lot of the work that Dr. Royal Rife has done, done, a lot of his experiments still stand to this day, uh, as do te- Nikolai Tesla's. It just, you know, you know, there's no money in it. Uh, you know, it, it is a threat to the pharmaceutical industry. So, in my opinion, that's why he was shut down. But that te- that there's the science of frequency and how it can aid in healing is a big thing, and um, it's actually been weaponized as well. Um, so, in the military, the U.S. military, there five there G, isn't it? You're going to say 5G. Please don't, please don't say it's 5G. No, 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 no. Uh, actually, have you, are you guys not aware of how the military uses frequency or how that's been used? Uh, in, uh, are you just not aware of that? Well, no. I, I have I, years ago, I was actually researching a science fiction book I was going to write and I was studying all kinds of like real, this is actual, we're talking like real science stuff um, about like, there's actually all kinds of really crazy uh, weapons based on frequency that can do anything from like they use it as sort of crowd control type stuff like riots and uh, mm-hmm. crowds where you can, you can based on the frequencies, everybody will literally crap their pants or you can make everybody serious or you can, or you can make that. No, it's, it's true. It's, it's the truth. It'll actually make their body. It's a low frequency that actually will make their bowels um, weak and everyone will crap their pants. Um, but there's also frequencies that cause people higher frequencies that cause people to either act violently or to totally, you can totally dial them down into a very docile, uh, posture so that they're, they, they really won't be violent. They won't be incited. And, and I, this is actual science. I've read, um, some, some actually prototypes that have been built. The Navy has been building some of these weapons as well. Um, so yeah, T- totally, totally. And there was, um, I read an article on CNN probably about a little over a year ago. There were some diplomats in uh, Cuba, uh, some American diplomats in Cuba that were coming down with this mysterious illness. Um, and uh, several people got sick. And then they found out that someone had pointed a, a sound weapon at them and had blasted them with a sound oh, weapon. That caused them really, to get this, sick. Man, this was in, wasn't this like a, uh, in Cuba? There was like an office building. Everybody in the building got mm-hmm. sick. Totally. That was, yeah. Was yeah. They found it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they found it. 
so the U.S. government said that they were targeted with a with a uh, sound uh, sonar weapon, which yeah. is it just very 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 much in existence. So, sa- sound can be used to make people sick. It can al- also be used to heal people, and that's where a lot of the there's a lot of science in there to back that up. Actually, that's why the mil- that there are weapons that use it too, because if you change frequency, you can literally um, and uh, you can you can you can you can you can actually kill a cell if you bring certain uh, frequency down to a zero or whatever it is. Uh, you can actually a cell will die, and any and and so w- every disease also, from what I understand, a disease. If you if if you look at the cells that have that are disease cells, cancer, they're they operate on a different frequency than healthy cells, and so that's why when you up level the frequency, you can kill diseases. And that's no, what science but that's not that's not what people are talking about because I see it on I see it all the time. Uh, like online, you know, you're operating from this frequency or you're operating from that frequency. And they're not like, they're not talking literally like I go into a frequency booth and get zapped with frequency. They're, the CIA is manipulating your frequency right now. Yes. Well, I mean, there are people, when they say that, I, to me, it's like you need to approach situations with a different viewpoint or a different energy because that's to me what they're talking about, at least because I don't know anything. I don't know much about all that kind of stuff, weaponizing frequencies and all that. And, but I believe you, like, I'm sure they can do that because for every, like, I think good thing that we come up with, there is a dark side to it. Like someone's going to use this for some bullshit. Um, so that, that is probably true, but it's typically not what I think people are talking about or something. How do we practically up our frequency? Cause I'd be more interested in like that kind of stuff. And how does that lead to healing? Um, if, if there's a way for us to simply almost rewire our brain with our thought patterns and things like that. Yeah. There's a spiritual, there's a spiritual personal application to right. is of without, without having to go to radio shack and build some kind of equipment in my house to develop some kind of frequency emitter. No, that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about personal spiritual energy and how the way I behave and think um, and my awareness can affect that energy, right? And then how that awareness uh, and that, that manipulation of my own energies and energies around me right. can, can produce either a positive or a negative outcome, right? And Jamal, and Jamal, that's that's a lot of what you do in your coaching work, right? Yes, you know, as far as frequency goes, as far as just well, I mean, I mean, this kind of like changing your thought patterns and and like I I, I could see you in using that type of language, like you want to operate from a different frequency. Um, in, in your coaching work, I, I don't know if you actually do, but I could just see you doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I do use that language, but it's based on actual science because every thought has a frequency. There's a, there's a frequency, there's a pattern to it. So, um, so for example, um, I don't know if you've, I mean, again, yeah, a lot of this gets called pseudoscience or whatever, but everything, there is a frequency literally to everything, uh, to every there it, it's, um, there's, it's a, it's a, it's based on a, um, a, a, you know, again, at a, at a very physical level, scientific level, there's a, there's a, an actual oscillation. It, it oscillates at certain level, but thoughts have the ability to, to carry certain. So for example, if you have a thought and dense, a negative thought, um, it actually can cause in the in the physical human body, it can cause a, a sense of, uh, discomfort. You know, so if you think about it, like a, a sad thought and a negative thought and angry thought, it doesn't, you, you literally can feel the thought in your body. And then w- when that lodges there in the body, it can have, it can cause certain secretions of certain horm- hormones. 
It can also cause, you know, uh, chronic pain. It can lead to certain kinds of pain and inflammation in the body based on, you know, the, the chemical effects of those hormones. So the idea is that thought actually has a frequency to it and that can, that frequency lodges in the body and will affect the frequency that your certain parts of your body and cells can operate at, which can lead to disease eventually at some point. So, so when, when we, people use the word frequency, it's like everything has a, it's a higher frequency or lower frequency way of operating. Um, it, some, again, people use different words like consciousness, higher, higher forms of consciousness, lower forms yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. It's kind of a similar thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, do yeah. you ever, you guys ever feel like, um, I hope they're not taking this out of, out of the realm. I think this is the same thing. I don't know if you've ever had interactions with other people um, because I've had this happen to me several times and it's inexplicable. Like there's, I can't, I can't on the outside explain why there's nothing about the conversation. There's nothing, nothing about their posture or the tone of their voice or even what they're saying. It all seems on the outside, very normal, but Within my spirit, within my body, like I feel like I'm getting this resonant disconnect, like discordant uh, feeling. It's almost like this quivering that's like, this is not a safe person. This is not a good uh, situation. Like I've had this happen to me several times. And most of the time um, that that feeling, uh, it's almost like a feedback. If you want to, if you want to talk about it in terms of frequency, it almost, it's almost like a feedback loop where it's like, uh oh, nope. Uh, like a red flag or something, but it, but it, but it, and I'm telling you, I experience it almost as a vibration in my body. And in every case it's proven later on, like, yep, that person was a manipulator. That person was, had something going on that they were trying to do. And again, I, it's not that I was picking up on it in, on any conscious level, but, but on this other level, it was like this unmistakable, just an odd, strange feeling and it was kind of in the form of a vibration i've had that happen several times i i think there's i think that's built into us and we as humans think that i mean there could be like so we might even call that instinct and i think we lose that instinct a lot because of either conditioning or thought patterns and we 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 kind of forget that animalistic part of us because we'll notice that in animals like they'll know when something's not right and and they'll be the first to sense it mm-hmm. and i think we something in our body happens when we um, are in that situation. And I don't think we're conscious of it because we're either there or that we're not in the moment. We're thinking about the future, pining on the past, whatever. And there's probably more to it than just like basic instincts, but I think that's a part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is, again, maybe this is odd, <laughs> but um, what the hell? Let's, let's go for it. Because uh, <laughs> when you, when you mentioned animals, um, so do you know, like there are certain animals, I mean, wild animals like deer, bear, um, those are the ones that can pop in my mind, but there are several wild animals. And I, I know specifically like deer and, and, and bear and things like this, where if you have a, if you set up a remote camera, like in a tree that has like a motion sensor, so it, it'll, it'll turn on. And I'm not talking about it. It doesn't turn on a light. Uh, so it'd be like a, a like a, a camera that will work either in the dark, like a night vision camera. Um, in either in the dark or in the daylight, and you set this thing up, what they've noticed is, is that deer know when that camera is turned on, even if they are like 200 yards away, like they, they can sense it and they will avoid it. And it's like, so in other words, there's this level, there's almost again, like a frequency that certain wild animals can detect on 
things like cameras and things like this, where, you know, a human being, you would have no way of knowing that 200 yards to the left, you know, up in a tree, 40 feet is a camera that flips on when you cross, you know, a, a boundary. But these animals do. They, they, you can see them responding and, and reacting to when it's turned on and when it's not. That's really insane. Mm, totally. So, so maybe again, there's, a, there's something that we, even as humans, uh, maybe we're not conscious of it, but we are also in some ways uh, able to respond to certain frequencies as well. Not necessarily from a machine, but from another human being. Totally. It's, it's, it's this energy. It's what you pick up on, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, <clears throat> well, I'm convinced like you, so when Jesus said, you know, if you go, you know, remember when he sent out the disciples two by two and he said, uh, um, you know, if, if someone receives you, then you uh, leave your peace there. And if someone doesn't receive you, then, you know, you kind of shake the dust off your feet and go on and take your peace with you. And I, I always, that's always an interesting passage there. Cause it's like, uh, to me, it's like, wow. So you, what does it mean to take your peace with you or to leave it there? And it's the sense of, it's just the sense of energy or frequency. Like if you, if it's received back, you know, and again, then it, then it, there, there's a place for it to land. And if not, you just take it with you. So like, if you, if you have two guitars in a room and you, I mean, Keith, you might know this as a musician or both of you guys are musicians. So, um, if you have two guitars in a room, and they're tuned exactly to the same frequency. The, the chords are, you can pluck one chord and the other chord on the other guitar in the same room will actually vibrate as if it's been mm-hmm. plucked. And that's because frequency, it, it's actual on the same frequency. But and, and it, I don't know if it's just like a metaphor, but I actually think there's something to that at a scientific level. That's why you can feel and resonate. So like when Jesus says, go, if, you're, if, it's, if there's a f- resonant frequency where you're going and there's a place for you to you know, to, to deposit your message or whatever or peace, then yeah, then, then leave it there. And if not, then you don't like you take it with you because it's, it's all again about frequency and that's where harmony comes from. And, you know, it, you know, that's just the idea behind it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my thoughts there. No, I think, I think it does make sense. But the, the problem though, I think for in many situations, and I've, I've done this a lot of times too, it's not till after going back to what Keith was saying about, Oh, I, I just like, Something's wrong about this person. A lot of times is it's after the fact. And then you look back and you're like, man, I knew something was up. I felt it. And you, but you're not allowed, you are not allowed, but you aren't able, I should say, to like put your finger on it. And you're like, oh, I, but, but you, you felt it the whole time. So I, I think a lot of times it takes reflection or maybe practice. And maybe this is what you do, Jamal, in your work is getting people to like habitualize this so that they become better at identifying where they're at on this, I don't know, what do you call it? Spectrum frequency spectrum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think the work you do is important to get people to realize those thought patterns. Totally. Totally. No, I agree. I agree. And that's uh that, I think that's um, again, it goes, it goes beyond what's being said. And a lot of times to the energy behind it. And that is, again, that's upping the frequency. I think uh, it wasn't Albert Einstein said um, at one point he, I remember him saying, um, that you're not going to solve the world's problems um, with the same level of consciousness that created them. Mm-hmm. So um, it, there is something about that. I think that that kind of does speak to the same, you know, idea of frequency and uh, it, you have to go beyond it, you know? And again, I think this is what someone like mother Teresa would say, you know, you can't, you know, she would be invited to anti-war rallies. She's like, I'll never go to an anti-war rally, but invite me to your peace rally. Again, that's frequency. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can you can be about peace or you can be against war, but they're not the same frequency. 
And yeah, even though they're both calling for the same thing. Yeah, I, I think too, I think this is actually something that Jesus is is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount when um, when he's trying to present, uh, when he says, you know, think differently, right? He's, he's trying to get people to, um, basically, they have a certain wavelength. They have a certain frequency. They're headed in a certain direction. And th- then his suggestion is to do this opposite thing, to stop what you're doing and do this other thing. And it's a different frequency. It's an opposite frequency. So instead of meeting violence with more violence, hey, I know what, try this thing you've never tried before, respond to violence with love and with mercy and forgiveness. Um, and, and I think it is like this sort of a code shift. It's a, it's a, it is a shifting of the frequency. And by shifting the frequency, you're going to get a different result. You're going to create a change. And it's the only way you can. If you don't change the frequency, in other words, if you meet darkness with more darkness, if you meet violence with more violence, if you meet whatever is this negative energy that you want to change with just trying to have more of it or better versions of it, um, which is kind of what humanity does, you're not going to solve that problem. And I think that's what Jesus, that's one of the things I think Jesus is trying to get us to take a step back and recognize that with the metanoia idea of stop and think differently. Um, this other, this thing you've been doing instinctively, because I think it is an instinctive reaction, right? You insult me, well, I'll give it back to you. You hit me, well, I'll show you. Uh, you know, like we give, we, we sort of return, free, we, we, we bounce, we echo, right? We, we bounce back the frequency that we, that we receive. And Jesus' suggestion is a very interesting one because it's take, take the frequency that, that is sent to you and send back a completely different frequency and then notice how things start to change. That's right. That's why I think he said, um, blessed are the peacemakers, not blessed are the peacekeepers. Yes. Because so the peacekeepers is like, don't do this, don't do that. We need laws. We need order. We need rule. And okay, okay, fine. That's a diff- that's a certain that is a certain energy brought to the situation. But blessed are the peacemakers are those who go out and and so it's it's more of a do, not a do not. It's more of this is how you make peace rather than a reaction to violence and and that's kept, peace being kept. But when you make peace, it's not just the external, it's not just the country, it's not just the faith. It's internally too. It's peace inside. It's peace in my life. It's peace, peace in my thoughts. Not yeah. simply, not simply, not violent. Yeah, and and because again, if you think about it too, in the context, um, they already, you know, in the first century, the Jewish people in Jerusalem already had a peace keeping experience. That's what Pax Romana was, and Pax Romana kept the peace under the threat of the sword and crucifixion. Um, those those are not really peacemaking methods, right? Uh, so yeah, Jesus is, is totally suggesting a, a very different way uh, of approaching this uh, this idea, and it's a way of changing us and changing the world uh, in a pretty radical way. Well, I think the world doesn't change unless we ourselves change. See, I I, th- I think obviously obviously this is a historical event, but I think if we want to think allegorically, we can be both Christ and the Jewish faith, and we could be Rome, and so we have to have this like this change in ourselves in order to be at peace rather than simply uh bringing one energy to the situation learning how to see it through a different more creative way in our own life and then that can work in the literal outside you know like how i treat other people how i treat uh how i come up with this situation or come into this situation how am i going to approach that if it doesn't start if it doesn't start internally it's not going to be seen in, in the external 
Yeah, and Mary, you just quoted Mary Magdalene. There's my Hallelujah. favorite line, my favorite line from that movie. If you haven't seen it, by the way, I really do recommend it. There's a movie with, uh, called Mary Magdalene. Yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays Jesus. Is it Rooney Mara? Is in it? I think that's mm-hmm. Mary. Yep. Uh, and it's my favorite line from that movie is when she's she's arguing with Peter, and Peter's thing is like, "Well, we need to wait for Jesus to come back and fix this." And and Mary, who, who seems to get this idea of what we're talking about, no, this is Jesus' message, and she says. The world won't, will not change until we change. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, thank you, God. That's, that's it. That's, that, that sentence, for me anyway, just simplifies the whole thing. The world will not change until we change. Exactly. That's Mary with a truth bomb. Hey, Jamal, that's your yeah, girl. That's right. That's right. Yes, that's, and that, that is actually the truth uh, in the sense of, um, and that, again, that's, um, that w- that's a very different frequency, <laughs> if I could use that word, uh, than what typically is done in religious circles. So in religious circles, it's like, well, we want to change the world. So, so therefore, you know, then, then we need to change other people. We need to make sure people, you know, agree with our message or whatever, that kind of thing. And although I understand the importance of that and wanting people to be awakened and enlightened and all that kind of thing, that really can only happen as we, um, up our own frequency. And I think that is the, that was the message of Jesus. You know, that's why Jesus really would not be considered a traditional evangelist in in that sense of the word. So, and again, it's, it's like, it's uh it's a, it's a totally different frequency. And again, you can't build empire and you can't build a religion around it. It's just, it's really about, that's one of the reasons I I'm, and again, I'm biased because I'm a coach, but um, I always tell people that when my coaching work with folks is especially, you know, if you're having relationship problems and everyone's like people in my life suck or I got drama over here, I got this going on over here and that going on. And and I understand it. I get it. Um, But ultimately it's like, how do I get out of it? And so a lot of times people want to change other people to make their own life better. And it's like, actually, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. When you up your frequency, when things change for you, um, it begins to change outside of you. And that's right. the crazy thought about it. It's like the, as, as water, as, as the, as the water rises in the Harbor, all the boats rise. That's kind of how it works. That's countercultural. It doesn't, that's not how the world operates, but I do believe it to be sound. Yeah. And you know what friends, and I want you to really people listening right now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you, because this is, this is really important. We've upped our frequency now up yours. Oh, oh, Keith, Keith, you're on fire today. <laughs> you're on fire with those ones, man. I tell you what, it's almost like I don't want this episode to end, but alas, we have to end every episode. So here we are. I had a good time again. Uh, just to remind everyone that we do have a website. We do have a store on there. Of course, we have a Mary Magdalene shirt. So uh, shout out to Mary Magdalene for um, pimping the, the, the OG. What is it? What do we call it? The OG Mary shirt. Yeah. Um, and we do have also a Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook, make sure you check out Heresy After Hours. Make sure you check out the Heretic Happy Hour podcast Facebook group. Mm, that sounds yummy. And if you can't get enough of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast, and who can, you need to head over to the page. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making myself laugh. Oh, okay. Uh, head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Heretic Happy Hour. And support the podcast because, dear God, we need your help. And plus, you get some awesome, awesome bonus extra stuff. Like, 
we, we, when you go home, like you finish listening to this podcast, it ends, right? The, the music plays, you get on with your life. You know what? But we, I want you to know when that happens, we are still sitting here recording bonus material just for you people. And you know why? Because, well, we love you. And we want you to support us on Patreon. So we're going to stick that over on Patreon. You're going to support us, uh, you know, on a monthly basis. We're going to give you all kinds of awesome, cool, amazing stuff. And we're going to let you into this really cool kind of private Facebook group. They don't, no one gets in except, you know, you support us. And it's going to be awesome. So please make it happen. It's like the Christian heaven. (laughs) The Christian heaven? Is there another one? There's there's more than one, right? More than one. Yes. And are we on... Is this my time to talk about iTunes? Well, I don't know. Do we have have iTunes? Well, apparently the Heretic Happy Hour has made the cut and Mm -hmm. uh, we were approved to be on iTunes. So that means you can rate us and review us. And so if you haven't done that, if you're a listener to the show and you love the show, please rate us and review us. Only five stars. Get on it. Are we, we, what's our average? Are we like in the forest at least? That's a good question. You know, I never go to iTunes. No clue. I have no idea. I don't go and I don't read the comments. I never went to the stars. We'll let our listeners do that and they can report back to us after they give us five stars. People, do people use iTunes anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck if I know.